Welcome to Thin Line Believers again. Adam here with my guest, Noel Fenderson. Noel, how you doing? Hey, Adam. I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. No, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Uh, honestly, I hadn't heard of, about uh, this dangerous but good business that you're that you're heading up until fairly recently, but having scrolled through it, as soon as I get a payday, I'm going to get on there and, and <laughs> grab some swag. But um, I want to start with that. If, yeah. if you guys are looking for some good quality faith-based apparel, hop on over to dangerousbutgood.com and check it out. Uh, before, before we get going here, I'm going to take off my hat and I'm going to pray. <laughs> hey, does God hear your prayers if you don't take it off? I don't know. You know what? One time I got criticized by somebody who's like, hey, Paul says you're supposed to remove your head covering. I'm like, well, that's not a hat. That's like a prayer shawl thing and has to do with Moses and all this stuff. But hey, for, uh, for all those that have that conviction, I'll, I'll join you. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll take <laughs> it's it's to avoid the, the confrontation. But anyway, yeah. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to talk about you. It's always good when we get to talk about you, Lord. And we ask that you would lead this conversation, that you would make sure that the spirit has filled us to speak of you with accuracy, with truth, and also in love. Mm. And uh, Lord, direct this conversation in the direction you want it to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Oh, that feels better. That's more natural. <laughs> okay. So, Noel, you are in law enforcement. You're a member of a tactical team, which I dig that. Uh, right. You're also a business owner. You also help with a nonprofit. And I'm not going to get too specific on these things and take your thunder away because that's the whole point <laughs> is to interview you. So, yeah. Noel, first, can you go back and tell us, um, you know, make us make, make yourself more relatable. What what are you doing yeah. in law enforcement and how long you've been there and how'd you get started in this, the whole story, man? Yeah. So I started in law enforcement in 2008 and uh, I've been a part of, of a tactical unit uh, really almost immediately into my career. So as soon as I I came off that mandatory probation. I got on our SWAT team and uh, just, you know, been loving that. Uh, I served full time in a full time capacity for uh, a while. And then recently, uh, the past uh, season of my life, I've been a reserve. And so I'm a reserve on our SWAT team. I spend all of my reserve hours training and then uh, obviously handling things that, that come about. So yeah, I, I love the brotherhood, love, I love everything you're doing, what you stand for and really excited to have a conversation with you. All right on man. And you're in Tennessee. Is that right? I am. Yep. I'm, I am. I'm in uh, the wonderful uh, place called Memphis. I'm <laughs> sure you've read about it on the uh, most violent. Uh, we get all kind of criminal and, and great things, but no, I'm, I'm a few suburbs to the East uh, of Memphis and, but that's, we spend most of our time in Memphis. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Have you ever been to Memphis? I have not. No, I, uh, you know, I live in Oregon and so I get plenty of adventure here with <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah. no, I haven't felt the draw to Memphis yet. I'm also, you know, I grew up with country music. That was the only radio station I had as a kid in a small town. And so, oh, yeah. um, I kind of, had my fill of country music. So I really just never had a desire to go to Memphis. Well, Hey, <laughs> but, does that mean you've been to Nashville? No, I have not. Neither one. <laughs> no, nope. nowhere in Tennessee. No, the, the only place, uh, let's see, East of, I don't know, Montana, I guess that I've mm -hmm. been is Georgia. So, okay. Well, come on, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll go, I'll go show you around. We'll have fun. Just bring your weapons and you'll be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm down <laughs> to that. So right on, man. So you came on in 08. That's, that's interesting. I came on in 08. So that's a good, nice. another coincidence there. And yeah. what did you do initially? I mean, you spent a number of years, you said on a tactical team, what was your role on that? Yeah. So my, that was kind of my dream, uh, always be on a tactical unit. 
Um, but yeah, I, I served as a sniper uh, and part of the assault team. Uh, so so that that's where I spent most of my time and uh, really, really thankful for that time. I was with a really good department and we got a lot of training. They, they paid us really well to, to do a lot of training. So it was really fun. And that's you're, you're in that world, that role, too, right? Well, I'm not a sniper, so you lost me there. It's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Cool. What what denomination? You know, and we, we go on from there like, oh, you're a tactical guy. Right on. Me too, man. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a sniper. I'm like, oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't do it. <laughs> no, you got more patience than I do. That's the thing, man. I can't sit still. I, I prefer just to be breaking things. And so that's that's the difference. I don't have the patience. So good on you. Yeah. Right on. And what's the best part about that training? What did you enjoy the most? Uh, man, my goodness. I, I think you can, you can resonate with this, you know, whether it's in law enforcement, a specialized team, and then, you know, or athletics or anything like that. There's just, I love the brotherhood of it. I love the, the bond, that common bond, the common mission, uh, everything that it stands for. And, you know, really just, it's about the team. It's, it's not about you. It's about the individual team. So that, and all the training and all that, I think that was kind of the biggest thing that was always drilled into my head uh, and that applies to every area of life and family. So that's my favorite oh, part. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's fully biblical. I dig that, you know, as iron sharpens yeah. iron in Proverbs, right? And it's, it's very right. biblical. We're supposed to come together as a brotherhood and build each other up. So yeah. That's, I think that is the part that I miss the most being mm -hmm. away from the team. So, yeah. And congrats sure. to you being back on it now. So, oh, thanks. We talked about So, super excited for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm not going to divulge any more than that. But, but yeah, <laughs> I am looking forward to, to uh, getting back into that, that type of work again. So, um, now how does that work with, with family, uh, family? you know, time management and that kind of stuff. How do you handle it? Yeah, well, I, as you kind of mentioned, I, I, I do wear a lot of hats. Um, mm -hmm. I'm involved in a handful of businesses and ministries, nonprofits, and then with the law enforcement world. And really, I just have to be, you know, fiercely intentional with my calendar. Uh, that That would be the best way I can describe it. It is I don't do that perfectly. It is definitely a challenge uh, and something I have to literally look at all the time and, and look at each week. So uh, I just, I really try to plan ahead and I, I do calendar time blocking. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I block windows of time for different things on my calendar uh, to reserve that. And so I'm, I'm a big family man. I've got four beautiful kids, beautiful wife, and uh, they're all 10 and under. So uh, I definitely am in that season of life that is hard and, and a lot of my time is required and it's a joyous time given, but I definitely, definitely have to be intentional with it. Thankfully, our, our training is scheduled uh, and, and things that happen, you know, obviously we can't control when we get the call, but uh, it's pretty guarded. So I'm, I'm able to, to live in the world and, and as much as possible. Uh, can guard it. I also serve as a chaplain for my old department that I work for. Uh, so uh, the phone is, that's probably the biggest tension in, in that life uh, is when, when is the phone going to ring? Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's it for? So as I know you can relate. Yeah, for sure. How, what do you use? You use calendar on the wall, you use calendar on your phone. How, how does that work for you? On the phone, on the phone. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I've got a proud uh, husband moment. I have recently finally talked my wife into using the calendar on our phone so we can be synced up. She has always been a paper calendar uh, lady and she still uses it, but she's also using it on the phone too. So that's a huge win. So for all the guys out there struggling to get your wife on, on the, uh, the same page with the calendar, it, it can happen. I'm, I'm living proof of that. Yeah. I'm, that's a struggle in my house too. We got one of the magnetic calendars on the fridge. So that's, oh. that was a big step here on here. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So, um, let's talk about life right now. You have several businesses. 
told you I wanted to ask you about my town miracles. We'll get into that for sure. But um, yeah, tell me about how are you a entrepreneur minded guy? What's what's going on here? How'd you get into all this stuff? You know, I I started a few companies when I was younger. Um, I, I've never really viewed myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, the Lord has just put some opportunities in my life that have kind of played out into where I'm at today, where I, I, I do have ownership in lots of companies now. Uh, but really, you know, kind of the heartbeat that anyone listening to this that wears the badge, we have a heart to serve and give back and make a difference in where we live. And so that really, for me, is what, what drives all the things that I'm involved in uh, and is why other opportunities have launched out just because we kept seeing, hey, there's here's more opportunities to help people, serve people, uh, to operate as a business's mission mindset. And uh, so that's, I, I would now say, hey, a decade later, it's been 10 years since the, the first official My Town was started. Uh, so now I would claim, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, but it kind of fell into my lap, as they say. Right on. And forgive me, I'm jumping around a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's let's kind of bring it back a little bit because yeah, everybody who ends up in law enforcement has an interesting story. Yep, you know, and so how how in the world did you end up in law enforcement? And uh, did you want to be a cop, or is this something that just happened? Or take me back to 08. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take you back. So I'll take you back from the beginning. Man, my dad left me when I was a young boy. Uh, my mom has been married and divorced five times, so come from a broken home. Uh, I still had a ton of love from my, my mom and my grandparents and my uncle and aunts. And uh, my grandfather is where the law enforcement uh, blood comes from. He was the deputy chief of the Memphis Police Department. And, uh, you know, just one of those Clint Eastwood type right over wrong, good over evil type men. And uh, I just, he modeled that for me as a, a fatherless young boy. I really, really gleaned on him and, and wanted to be just like him. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have said, and I don't think I did say often growing up, I want to be a police officer. Uh, but looking back at the journey, I, I can see how that was a theme um, and, and always kind of in the back of my mind. And you know, I went to college, graduated, and I uh, have had more jobs than probably anybody you ever met. And really, because I just wasn't satisfied, I lacked satis satisfaction, and I was seek uh, seeking that in money, power, you know, things like that. And uh, as I would not be happy or not get one of those things, I would change jobs and really just living an unfulfilled life. And uh, one day, uh, I, I, I don't even remember how, but I just got this urge to be in law enforcement. And I started just thinking about it all the time. I started asking friends of mine that were in, in federal agencies or in law enforcement. And I applied to every department around. And uh, I got hired. And my wife, Brittany, at the time, she truly probably thought, like, this is a phase. It's another job. Give it a year or two. It'll be over. And man, I fell in love. I fell in love with it. And the rest is history, so they say. So uh, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with from the first call to, to being there, to helping people. I hate evil. I hate crime. And I love helping people. So it really fit uh, who I am is what I came to find out. So, yeah. Nice. Right on. <laughs> so, um as far as dad being gone, what did you end up, did you end up finding some sort of masculine leadership somewhere? Man, really through the influence of my grandfather, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually, he, he, you know, again, is it right or is it wrong? Is it good or is it evil? Uh, he, he had a disagreement with the pastor that, uh, of their church and wouldn't go to church anymore because he, he said, this is wrong. And uh, so uh, he, he was definitely the, the path of manhood that I, I saw modeled. 
as far mm -hmm. as we're talking about following Jesus and the spiritual aspect of it, I, I definitely didn't have a discipleship path uh, that, that I was modeled and I, I, I followed uh, until after, after even becoming a police officer, getting back involved in church. And then, and then God put some lions in my life of the faith. And that's where uh, men really walked alongside me and taught me what it meant to be an authentic man of God. Uh, so I had a sweet combination of both sides of that through my grandfather and then through men of the church. So, yeah. Well, let's go into that a little bit. What what does yeah. it mean to actually be a man of God? You know, you talked about lion-like and that kind of thing. Yeah. Expand on that for me. Yeah. The very first thing that I ever learned what it meant to be an authentic man of God was that you men authentic men we reject passivity so we don't we don't live a passive life uh we we lead courageously and uh, we accept our responsibility as a man and everything that that means and then that that those things were the theme of what it really meant to be a man of god and you know i probably would have told you before that well you know you you be a good person, you help people, you, you try to spend time reading your Bible and pray. And uh, I, it, it was, as most of it is for most guys, it's just kind of something that's kind of up there. We don't really know. Uh, we don't have a lot of clarity on yeah, But when I learned that and, and, and walked down that road of like, it's these things. And then obviously there's everything falls within these categories. So uh, the last one is to invest eternally. So we're living for uh, a, an eternal uh, kingdom, not this earthly tent that we're in right now, as Paul says, right? So those those were defining moments in my life. And even walking back into the wounds that I had as a fatherless young man, uh, I walked through those wounds of, of, a, of fatherhood, motherhood, and, and all these things. And the all alone wound, being alone, uh, things like that. So uh, I know I'm giving you so much. <laughs> There's so many different directions we could go down, but that that would be the clarity that I got, and I've been living ever since through that. Well, that's good. No, you said reject passivity, and that's in today's modern age, that's not something that is promoted, and that's actually rejected, right? They call yeah. masculinity being toxic. And yeah. as such, society is actually promoting being a passive male. And we can see as a whole where that is headed. And I yeah. think ultimately what the enemy's goal is to is to weaken man. You know, yeah. I mean, we saw it in the beginning. I listened to a guy named Ethan Jago. I don't even know how I came across him, but he's a former Navy SEAL. If you want to look him up, dude, his, his teachings stuff, are... Huh? phenomenal and he talks about how uh one of the things that eve did in the garden in taking this fruit to adam was essentially usurping his role mm. as the man right yeah. and so um and he was passive wasn't he when he took that fruit and he ate of it yeah so i think man there's so much more than just you know a couple words that i wrote on this page here reject passivity man that's a ton to dive into and and reflect and i think if as men we would look internally you know like david said lord tell me if there be any wicked way in me yeah well lord tell me if there's passivity mm. well you're right um, it started at the fall you're exactly right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and history just repeats itself man satan's doing the same thing today <laughs> yeah. just trying to it's Tactics have not changed, have they? Uh huh. So, yeah. being part of a, a tactical team, how how do you live that out? I mean, obviously, as part of a tactical team, it's everybody's a type A for the most part. Everybody's a you know a man's man, and that's great. But I think far too often it's being a man's man apart from a man of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, for me, uh, it's it's always kind of been who I am, who I've wanted to be. 
as far as being there for, for other people, including the team and including the people that can't help and defend themselves. Uh, but you're right. You know, there, there's a lot of guys in that world that um, it, it is tough. Uh, they, you know, and they can't reconcile. And, and I, I've struggled with this. You know, how do you reconcile following Jesus and living in this world? And that has uh, been a tension uh, for sure. And, you know, even what I, in my personal experience and what I've seen happen often in officer's life is, you know, you get involved and, and you, you feel like you're doing a good job. And then, you know, about three or four years in is probably when it starts to, you start to have this thought that, am I really doing anything? You know, these crime doesn't stop. Uh, these people just get out of jail and uh, for eight to 12 hours a day, you only get called to bad things and you only see the worst of society, the worst of evil. And what happens so often that happened in my own heart and what I see is, man, our hearts get so hard to the world. They get hard personally. And uh, that's why police officers usually, usually only hang out with police officers because we get that. And we don't really talk about it much, but that's kind of the undergirding theme that's going on. Uh, so I, I was lucky enough to realize that and have some men in my life that helped me realize that. And, uh, and so living that out now, just being aware of that and what's going on. And, you know, law enforcement is such an interesting thing and the problem with evil and, and we could go down so many different paths with that, but, you know, for God, you know, God can't exist without evil, meaning we have so many men that are unbelievable and they're fighting for justice and they're fighting for good and they hate evil down to their core. But unless there's a God, evil can't exist because there's no standard to measure that up to. So really, I, I see it in such a different lens now, and it's kind of cool to be in that world and have these conversations often with our, our brothers and sisters in blue about that. Like, hey, man, if, if, if God doesn't exist, then it's just your opinion. It's mm -hmm. everything's subjective, and there is no right or wrong. There is no good or evil. Uh, but deep down inside, we all know, and everyone knows, there is evil, and there is objectively uh bad things so it's been kind of cool so that's that's a very long answer and i said a lot of things there to say that's kind of how i'm living it out now uh <laughs> the, well there's a lot of there's a lot of naysayers there's a lot of naysayers you know you said something i want to i want to elaborate on you there's a lot of naysayers that say well because there's evil there's there's no god right there's because these bad things happen there is no god if there was a god why does x y and z happen Mm -hmm. But like you're saying, I see that as proof that there is a God because we yeah. wouldn't know that was evil if we didn't know what good was to begin with. Right. Right. Yeah. And as, as, right. as law enforcement officers, you see the worst of the worst. You should yeah. know that there is there is some standard that that measures up against. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think deep down they do. Uh, but that we all struggle with the problem of evil. And, and I. I've had sweet conversations with men uh, often that, hey, man, I, I can't, if there is a God, I can't follow a God that would allow the things that I see to happen. And man, that is such a, a strong statement that we all wrestle with. Uh, but at the end of the day, exactly what you're saying. Uh, if Unless there's a God, then what you see is not really wrong anyways. It's just your opinion. And I had, I had coffee with the guy the other day. We said, hey, you know, he, he wasn't a believer. And I said, all right, who gets to determine what is good or evil? Is it just you and your personal opinion? Is it society and whatever society says? Uh, or obviously it's God. It's God because there, there is a, a moral law above the law, no matter what society mm -hmm. says, no matter what you personally say. Uh, so, yeah, that's. That, I love talking about that, so I, I'm sorry if I'm, I could keep going down that road. But yes, and amen to everything you said. Yeah, I mean, we we might as well. I think some of our listeners 
we haven't really touched on something that you mentioned real briefly there. You said the four to five year mark, right? You start yeah. to see these different things. And, and then personally for me, it was around the, I don't know, 10 year mark or something like that, where I started to get pretty jaded. Like, what am I even, what am I doing? And I started looking outside law enforcement, like, man, there's, I should probably be doing something else. Yeah. And that's kind of when I started looking at, at ministry and the Lord hasn't opened that door for me yet, but you know, I, I came through that and I'm finally at a decent place. But I think what it reminds me of is Romans 12, 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And yeah. I think that at a certain point, the enemy gains a foothold, right? The, yeah. Was it Peter that said, don't give the devil a foothold? I don't know, Peter or Paul. But anyway, <laughs> at some point in our careers, we start to get pretty jaded, I think. Yeah. And we have to get past that point. And thank God I, I did. And it was mm. at a crazy time and things got rough during the, you know, 2020 and all that. Well, 2019 personally, but then. Yeah. I think that the enemy will watch for that opening yeah. and then walk on through when you start to get jaded. He'll, he'll add life stresses uh, marital stresses, you know, relational outside of marriage stresses, yeah. like your friendships and your buddies and that kind of stuff. And, right. And he's, he's going to pile it on, but then man, how, how did you get through that period? Because I know how I got through it and it was rough, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll, I think I, I, I want to hear how you got through it too, because especially if you haven't talked about this before, I think, everybody that loves you and follows you and which is a lot of people that I've seen, man, they need to know that. How did you get through it, brother? But for me, man, it was, it was only from brotherhood, uh, through having some godly men in my life that walked me through that. Uh, I would not have made it through that, uh, apart from them and my, my wife, man, my wife, so sweet, just the, the kindest, uh, heart and, has always been by my side and been there for me. So she helped me get through it too. But the community, that's why it says to not neglect gathering together to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And that word spur means we have to prod and provoke each other because we naturally don't do that in and of ourselves as an individual person. We don't naturally do that. So we need people and specifically, as, as you and I are talking, we need brothers. We need, just like when we're about to go take out evil uh, as a tactical unit, and, and you trust literally the person to, to the front behind you with your life, you got to do that in the same way with the brotherhood. Uh, and, and for me, that's following Jesus and the brotherhood of a biblical community. So is mm -hmm. that, that ring true for you? I mean, how did you get through it? Yeah, it was similar. It was similar. I mean, when I was kind of at a, at a low spot, um, you know, I had, I had come off, um, just a series of, of wild stuff, man. A buddy got shot and went through that thing with him. And there were some after effects from that that were unfortunate, but I mean, mm. it is what it is. Right. And, and so, and then a, uh, I was working on a dope team, which was the best job I've ever had. And then that position just went away. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that was the COVID stuff, which actually hindsight being what it is, was a blessing for me and my family. Cause it caused us to actually move in. It actually, we changed, mm -hmm. you know, locations altogether, but really what it came down to was a buddy of mine and my wife. So this buddy of mine name is Dean. He's a, He's a chaplain mm. and not your normal chaplain, man. This, this guy is a, uh, he is a hardcore man of God. Mm. I say that. Yes, and, and he's, he's the guy that walked through that with me, whether he knows it or not, he's the one that walked through it with me. And then also my wife being just a, she's just a strong woman. She's got her own traumas. And so, all right. And not only that, but she's, she's got her degree in criminal justice. So she, she kind of gets it, yeah. you know, and so right. she walked through that with me. And so I agree. I think that if you're going through that now, which is entirely possible, the listener is, and if you're not, then you will at some point, right. if you haven't, right. 
uh, I would agree with you. You need to find faith community, and that doesn't mean that it's got to be a massive church. That could yeah. mean it's it's two guys, you know. And there was another guy that walked through that with me, and he he recently, and I'm not going to mention his name because he's going through his own, yeah, uh, coming out the other end of a mental health struggle himself. Mm. But it's, man, it's the same thing. You got to surround yeah. yourself with the right people. And I think that's important for for those listening to our conversation right now. When you're in the middle of it, what do you you don't want to do any of that? You mm-hmm. want to isolate yourself, and the enemy wants you to be isolated. Uh, you know, if you think about the pack, you know, right? You, you know, you're watching the the National Geographic channel, and you see this pack of whatever running, and one little straggler starts to fall off and it's by himself. And it's like, we know like, that's not good. Like mm-hmm. that's the one that's going to get taken down. And man, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, so many guys, including myself, we've all been there. You want to isolate yourself. You want to, we find reasons to be frustrated with community. We don't want to be a part of it. And man, you got to fight through that and, and force yourself to be, at least with one brother or two. I mean, you, you got to have somebody to hold you up when you can't hold yourself. So please uh, pray if anybody hears that and is struggling, reach out to someone, reach out to Adam. I know Adam will connect you and be there for you. So yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Right mm-hmm. on, man. Okay. So an authentic man of God, reject rejecting passivity and invest eternally. How are you? investing eternally what does that even mean yeah so investing eternally you know you can apply that in lots of different areas uh obviously financially um you know you're you're investing in things that matter for eternity uh but really just investing your life uh realizing that this is not your home paul literally describes it as a tent and in this tent, we groan and it's like, man, we're camping. This is not our home. We're not meant to be fully satisfied, but the things we do here matter for eternity. And there's a pastor that uh, I love and uh, follow. And I don't know if you've ever seen the rope illustration, but mm-hmm. what he does, is he's got this long rope that just extends forever. And he says, hey, picture the rope extending forever and ever. It never stops. That's eternity. And at the end of the rope is dipped in red. It's just this little, little piece that's dipped in red. It's like, man, this is your life here on earth. And we have all of eternity. And how we live in this little red dot affects the entire rope. It affects all of eternity. So that's what that means to invest eternally, to live with that mindset of eternal heavenly things, uh, not earthly things. Yeah, that saying that uh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good is the exact opposite (laughs) of what is truth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So investing eternally. Yeah, we tout that quite a bit, man. You got to eat. I quote John Course, and I, I think we have not fully aligned as of recent days. But in John Corson's past, he used to say, read your Bible and pray every single day. Mm-hmm. And I, I compare, and the Bible compares it too. I compare my relationship with God a lot to a, a marriage, right? If if I'm not communicating with my wife, if I'm not talking to her and listening to her for weeks on end, what kind of relationship am I going to have? Or yeah. if I'm only talking to her and I, I refuse to listen, but I just want to tell her what I think, well, that's prayer. That is yeah. prayer. If we're not opening the word and receiving, that's not a conversation, right? It's a one-way conversation. It's a lecture. Hey, I'm going to lecture God and tell him what I need, but I'm not going to listen to him. Yeah. So um, would you agree Good. So good. Love it, brother. Yeah, your uh, your time with the Lord, your time in the word and in prayer, man, that's I, I remember a pastor one time was like, man, isn't the Christian life so simple? 
read your Bible, pray, spend time in community. And it's like all these simple things that are really hard to do consistently. And and that's why we need the disciplines and people to encourage us with that. But yeah, it's a simple thing. And and I love the example with your wife that uh, our, our marriage would not be really good if we did not spend time together or uh, communicate. And it's the same thing with the Lord. He just wants a relationship with you. And he, he wants to, to speak to you through his word and through the Holy Spirit, guiding that uh, in your life. So, yeah, it's we're, we're actually with Dangerous But Good. We, we're we're kind of in that right now. We do a, a word of the day on Wednesdays. And the theme has been the importance of God's word in your life. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it really resonates with what you're saying right now. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why did you go full time? into being a reserve. Yeah. Well, uh, that that's a, a sensitive subject and here's why. On one hand, I regret it. Uh, it, it was my passion and I, I regret giving it up full time, but it's hard to say that a decade later, seeing how the Lord has used it as a part of my journey and how, uh, man, all the things that have happened because of it, and praise the Lord that I still get to be uh, involved and on on a team and and as a reserve. Uh, it's it's so good. But just a moonwalk back, uh, Brittany was pregnant with our first. Man, we were struggling. We didn't see each other a lot. I was gone a lot. I was working uh, lots of tough hours and really wrestling with uh, how do I provide more. Lots of things that we all struggle with. And, uh, really I started seeking out some secondary employment and the intention was not to leave full time, uh, until some opportunity came that at the time I, I, I thought I couldn't turn down and, uh, I did, uh, I did leave and man, I missed it. So like turning in my badge was so hard and, uh, I, I talked to officers that are thinking about doing that pretty often so I get to share kind of my journey in that, but man, I, I did it uh, really just to provide for my family and for the opportunity. I felt like God was showing me with some different things that uh, I could do in the business world. So that's why uh, I know there's a lot there, but that's kind of what happened in, in my life. Well, you said you get to pour into people. Um what advice would you have, man? I can't tell you how many times I've heard guys say, oh, yeah, I'm going to I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do something else because this, you know, like we just talked about, this job wears on a, on a person. And so mm-hmm. what considerations should there be before somebody does jump ship? Yeah. So, you know, really, I talk about lots of different things. I talk about their identity is are they is their identity a police officer and our identity, obviously, you know, we're on thin line believers. So we're talking biblically, our identity is in Christ. We're a new creation. That's, that's who we are. We're ambassadors for, for Christ. But, you know, we, we put our identity in what we do, especially as men and in law enforcement, it's, it's really high of identity of it's who we are off duty, on duty. Um, so I, I talk about their identity. I talk about financially. Uh, obviously, it takes money to live in this world. And, you know, if if that's a part of it, uh, we, we just we walk down that road. Uh, um, money is not what makes you happy. And we know that. But sometimes we got to find that out for ourselves to prove it, <laughs> unfortunately. So I just kind of share some some things that I've experienced uh, along that line. But then. You know, I'm kind of looking at it holistically, like how is their marriage? How is their relationship with their wife? How are they as a father if they have kids? Uh, and so I just look at all the different areas. And really, I, I don't really give advice. I ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I share my experience and my story. But really, I just kind of like to ask questions and see where they're truly at and let them uh, share. And, and at the end of talking to them often they they know what they need to do and 
they often they have the answer already that, that's within them. They just need to be asked and have questions about it. So, yeah. Okay. So what did you end up doing? What did what venture did you take on when you uh, left full time? Yeah. Uh, My Town Movers was the first company that we started. And uh, really cool backstory how my partner and I got reconnected, um, my, my business partner. And uh, he, he came and had an amazing opportunity I just couldn't pass up. And I, I tried to do it part-time for a while and live in both worlds. But, you know, if you start a new business, uh, especially like we did, it was, it was grinding and it was a lot of sleepless nights and uh, a lot of hours put in and, and, and hard things. So that was the first one that we started was a, a, a my town movers is a moving company and that's where the brand my town came from and where we started a couple other things through that brand. Right on. And then that, uh, that has morphed. Mm-hmm. That Tell is. me about it. Yeah. So we have two for-profit <laughs> in the home service world, a moving company and a roofing company. And uh, again, seeing everything we've seen uh, there, we have a huge problem in Memphis. There are a hundred thousand plus kids that are living in such extreme conditions that if you personally knew them, you would radically change your life to help them. And so we wanted to be more intentional with helping them. And so we, we founded My Town Miracles, which is the, the nonprofit giving side of our business. And we do for one what we wish we could do for many. And we walk alongside and we help alleviate barriers and burdens of poverty in Memphis, specifically for children. Uh, so that those are the those are the things that are underneath the brand My Town uh, that that we've been a part of. Okay. And then you mentioned to me. Well, let's go into dangerous but good first. How did you? Yeah. How did you stumble upon this? this yeah. Company? Man, it was introduced to me by some uh, some buddies and fell in love with it. I fell in love with the the meaning, the the movement behind it, the ministry behind it, the encouragement to live out and wear your values of faith, family, and freedom. And I, I really liked how it was in that law enforcement, military, uh, 2A community. It really resonated, the lion who we are in Christ, uh, and really being dangerous but good, that like Jesus, we have the full power and ability to be dangerous, but we choose to be good. So I became a part of it. I became an ambassador, and uh, the Lord really used some cool things ministry-wise uh, through it. And again, just uh, as, as someone that was in, in love with the brand, I got to know a previous owner just love him so much and got to know some some other people involved that were behind the scenes and helping out with the ambassador program and just fell in love with everybody i met with dangerous but good and the opportunity came up uh, for us to acquire it and that happened so i'm proud uh new owner just uh recently that's that's been the newest venture that i'm so excited about that we've been a part of but Dangerous but good. Just you know, if you're listening, you're listening. Thin line believers, like that is who you are, uh, deep down inside, and that's we want to encourage you to live that out and uh, follow Jesus. So, yeah, man, there's a overtone, I would say, of masculinity in that. What, man? Why, as Christian men, do we think we can't be dangerous? You know, I like the way that Jordan Peterson talks about that meekness, mm -hmm. right? It's a, it's a right. knight who knows how to wield the sword, but chooses to keep it sheathed yeah. until it's necessary to pull that sucker out. Right. That's um, right. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with being good, man. The one, there's one translation in first Corinthians 13 that says love always protects. Yes. And that is massive in, yeah in masculinity and, and I think, uh, you know, speaking of lion, um, mm -hmm. 
very David-like. Yeah, that's right. So good. Those are awesome examples. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson does great job. There's so many people out there that are singing this message and rightfully so. So yeah, it's, it's much needed in our world. We, we need to rise. It is time to rise up uh, and, and fight for what matters most. And you and I know, and everybody that is in our world, whether it be military or law enforcement, sometimes evil has to be stopped by force and just it is what it is and uh it doesn't mean we we want that we don't seek that out um but you know you went to speaking about love and and protection you know you if you're not protecting then you're not loving and and that's just as simple as that and we know that deep down inside we know we know that's right. And, and people want to fight against that. And, you know, I didn't realize there were so many, what's the term? Uh, pacifist. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, in the Christian faith. And uh, man, I'm just like, have you read the Bible from cover to cover? I hmm. don't, I don't know how we get that. Jesus, uh, man, he, he of course was about love and peace and, and all those things, but man, he, that is not the message that uh, is the full concept of, of what it means to be a man of God. That does not mean that uh, you do not stand for what is right and doesn't mean you don't protect. And it doesn't mean you don't have the, the ability to do those things. That's that is not biblical masculinity. That is something completely wrong. So I'm thankful for guys like you that that live that out so man I, I can't tell you how much it encouraged me just to talk to guys like you oh it's awesome it is awesome and it and the voices are getting fewer and fewer but but uh man i always like this line from uh thousand foot crutch if you know that band man uh mm. there's a line in there they say light shines brighter in the dark so mm. the word of masculinity although it's getting less and less it's louder so i dig it um yeah. So I, I like the brand. If you guys haven't checked it out, get on the website. We'll we'll put the website in the show notes because I like what you've got in there. And I hope you I hope to see it expand quite a bit because that would be a lot of fun. So thank you. Brother. Be, be good for you too. So thank you. Um what else? You that was the other thing I wanted to ask you. Uh social media company. The social media world is so bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. that it it kind of draws me in because i i see so um you probably know i started doing a, a daily verse it says you know yep. less than 60 second thing and the only reason i started doing that is because like nobody sees that kind of stuff on social media anymore there's nobody really doing that on a daily basis right. Right. and the world first you know we are the microwave social media debt uh, generation that wants our food hot in 60 seconds. And <laughs> unfortunately people are looking for, you know, their, their daily Bible reading in less than 60 seconds, but uh, that can lead people to a, a much bigger relationship. So I started doing that, but I'd like to know more about what are you doing with social media? What, do you, what yeah. is that? So our company, it just manages it. Uh, it manages it for people and other companies. And we produce content uh, in the form of pictures or videos. And we just manage their posting, their schedule, their strategy, their content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, over the years, I've, I've been in with my other companies. People had just, they would ask me so often, hey, how, how do you do this? I need help. And uh, it kind of just fell into place where we started managing it for, for people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's something that's always evolving, always changing. And uh, if you blink, you are behind. And man, the world we live in, the algorithms and what what's happening. And uh, it's it's just a different world all, as we speak. So as you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, if there's listeners that are interested in that, how do they find you on that one? Yeah, uh, it's if you go to my page, Noel Fenderson, uh, I have a, a link tree where it's got that on there, but uh, it's Exalt Digital Marketing is the name of that company. <laughs> and uh, we don't advertise all of our 
all of our clients are, have just been word of mouth. And, mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I don't even think we've updated the website because <laughs> we've kind of changed directions of what we've done over the past. We used to just work with individual people and we were trying to work with celebrities and high level people and manage them as an mm -hmm. individual. And, uh, it's kind of transitioned into more brands and businesses. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to explore that a little bit more because that that's kind of intriguing for me because man, if, if you're able to keep up with the trends of all this craziness, good on you. <laughs> Good on you. There's, yeah. there's some money to be had, I'm sure. So that's awesome. <laughs> so right on. Well, listen, I'm going to be respectful of your time. We're just about to the 50 minute mark here. Yeah. Um, I'd like to invite you back in the future because this, this biblical manhood is something that I have been mm. very, very interested in for a good long time. And yeah. so I'd like to, to dive in some more. Absolutely. With, with you love on to. that. Awesome. Yeah, love to. Well, thank you, Nolan. If you're willing, uh, would you mind praying us out? Yeah, absolutely. Be happy to. Uh, I guess, should we take our hats off again for the... Well, know? I'm going to leave it on this time. We're going to see if God answers <laughs> this one, too. <laughs> hey, man, God, we we love you so much. Uh, Lord, we, we just trust you that you will get this message out to the the men and women that need to hear it we pray that your word would go forth and not return void uh lord i pray that if this just helps one person praise you for that god would you would you do that would you draw people closer to you uh in a way that only you can do lord would you be with our our brothers and sisters in blue wearing the badge uh be with the ones that are struggling right now struggling lots of different areas of life god i pray that you would just supernaturally do a, a work within their heart and their life and give them the peace that surpasses all understanding god we we need you we need brothers and sisters we cannot do this on our own so uh, i pray lord that this goes out to the right the right people who need to hear it would you would you do that in your name jesus the only one that matters thank you for living a life that we could never live that uh just like your word says you became sin you who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we could have the righteousness of god thank you for that and we ask all this in jesus name amen amen i appreciate that thank you for joining me today Noel. yeah man thank you so much for having me adam appreciate you yeah we'll get you back sometime too hey god bless you guys we'll see you awesome